Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, greetings, everyone. And as I always say, and I, you know, I don't even know why I do this because you guys want me to say this because if I didn't, it would not be the way you kick off being a Brown at Work Live. This is my favorite time of the week, favorite time of the week. Welcome to being Brown at Work Live. And if any of you missed the session two weeks ago, shame on you. Go catch the replay because you definitely want to hear this young woman's story. Uh, I'm so honored to have her as a guest now, part two for the month of April. Let me tell you why. I'm going to read her bio. You'll completely get it. And then you're going to immediately go buy these books because that's what we're going to be talking about. Jackie Abram is the international best-selling and award-winning author of Hush Money, How One Woman Proved Systemic Racism in the Workplace and Kept Her Job and has been featured in Forbes. Her book is a number one Amazon bestseller. Hush Money is an international bestselling and award-winning book, as I said, featured in Forbes, number one Amazon bestseller. It is number one in best eye-opening African-American women's fiction on Goodreads, Listopia. It's number one in books to improve social justice awareness on racism in Goodreads, Listopia. And it's been the recipient of the reader's favorite gold medal for social issues novels. Hush Money isn't just another book. Believe me, I've read both of them. They're not just another book about systemic racism. For employees, it's a roadmap for fighting back against racism in the workplace and not walking away empty handed. And for employers, it's a compass for identifying covert racism because you can't fight what you can't see. Now, you had to know I had to have this woman on as a guest. (laughs) Jackie, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yes, yes. And those of you catching live, this is what I just read about. This is it. Part one and part two. And there's going to be a part three. Yes. And I'm so excited. I can't wait for it. You know, Jackie, uh, for, for those people who missed our first session, why don't we just kind of recap a little bit of your story uh, that you shared um, a couple of weeks ago, because then we're going to go into really talking about how you successfully fought the racism that unfortunately the horrific treatment that you had to experience. But could you give the audi- audience a little bit of a recap? Oh, absolutely. Uh, So Hush Money, this book right here, uh, How One Woman Proved Systemic Racism in Her Workplace and Kept Her Job. 
It follows the five-year journey of a Black woman by the name of Ebony. And Ebony has already gone through so much even before the story really gets started. You know, she's uh, living in poverty with her sick mother. Um, She's going through a bitter divorce and and trying to get her son back uh, from her ex-husband who has tricked her into sending him to him for what was supposed to be the summer. You know, she's uh, struggling financially and, you know, she's had a series of of dead-end jobs and, and really all that Ebony ever wanted was a chance to live the American dream, which for her was was really more of a fantasy um, with no no possibility of becoming a reality. But then she gets a job through a temp assignment and ends up working at a for-profit college um, where this person that she's reporting to uh, actually uh, values her skills, you know, sees the potential in her. And so he, he buys out her contract with the temp agency, hires her full time, and she is just ecstatic. You know, she's now got this full time job that's paying her the most money that she's ever made, you know, and she really believes that this is the job she's going to have and grow in and that she's going to be able to retire in. But What Ebony didn't expect and what she didn't really know anything about uh, was that there were racists in this organization. And a funny thing about racists, okay, they don't typically bother you as much as long as they think you are where you belong career-wise, okay? Yes. But when you start climbing that corporate ladder and you start reaching for more than they think you deserve... Well, that's when they start targeting you. And so in Ebony's case, they began targeting her. And they were not doing it with a lot of overt racism. They were doing it with covert racism, which is a career killer because it's hidden below the surface. You can't see it. You can't tell if what you're experiencing is actually racism. And because you can't tell, the people around you who are seeing these things happen to you can't tell either. And so you are now fighting for your career in life as you are being targeted by racists. And yes. they are all working together with this racist leader and with HR and with other people. This leader has to conspire with him or her. Yeah. And before you know it, your career is derailed and you and that ladder that you were climbing up on, you come crashing down. Absolutely. And you know, I want to share a little bit right there, if you don't mind, Jackie, because I know a lot of our viewers, uh, whether you're catching this live or on a replay, you probably have experienced or are experiencing exactly what Jackie's talking about. And you may be thinking that you're not sure what's going on right? You're like, okay, wait a minute. I was doing very well. And I was, you know, things were working out well, getting good performance reviews. And all of a sudden it starts to shift and um, the littlest things become the biggest things or certain people then all of a sudden have a problem with me. And you're, you're not connecting that it has anything to do 
with the fact that you are a black or brown woman or a black or brown man for that for that matter, someone right. of color. You probably aren't connecting it. But this is what Jackie's sharing with you. It is racist. You are being targeted. Yes. By no fault of your own, but just being who you are and walking in your excellence. And in Ebony's case, in most of the positions that she had, you know, uh, throughout her career, quite frankly, I'll use me as an example, um, in my entire career. So you're talking a career that spanned nearly 20 years. I was always the only black person on the leadership team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. you may think that's coincidence, but that is by default. OK, that is intentional mm-hmm. because they don't want you coming together and finding support with anyone. Wow. They don't want you to feel that uh, camaraderie that people have when they're in the workplace. Mm. They don't want to see you and other black people congregating at the water fountain. OK, together. Mm-hmm. Because even though they do it all the time, it is intimidating to see a bunch of Black people in the workplace together. Yes. So they have you isolated. And like I said, that is intentional. Yes. So when you start going through racism and having problems, you are really alone. There's no one on that leadership team who can or will identify with what you are experiencing. Yeah. So that is by design. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that is just, I mean, when you hear that, that can be extremely deflating, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, it can, Mm -hmm. it can make some of us, if not all of us uh, think twice about, you know, why do this? You know, I've, Mm -hmm. I've been always the only one, even in college, frankly, I mean, just the college I chose to go to what I chose to major in, but I've Mm -hmm. always been the only one. Uh, So I I completely get what you're saying, Jackie. And, you know, although what I've experienced clearly, clearly is systemic racism, it wasn't to the degree of ebony, though. And so I'm, you know, thankful for that, at least. But the reason why I wanted to bring this forward is because I do know people who have had Ebony's experience, right? I yes. know people who have moved from one corporation to another, one workplace environment to another, and unfortunately have experienced it more than once, more than yes. twice, right? Yes. And then have no idea what to do, which is why, you know, this part two is so important, right? Is to mm-hmm. is to make sure we leave uh, the audience with, you know, things that they can do if they're experiencing this. But before we get there, before we get there, Jackie, so, you know, you you gave kind of in our last session a couple of weeks ago, thank you for the recap on uh, Ebony's situation and, you know, what she was dealing with. So now as we, as we bring Ebony forward, right, and she, yes. you know, has experienced this racism more than one occasion, you know, where is she now? Uh, in her life? And how does she get to the point where she figures out how to fight back? Okay, so we're talking hush money, or we're talking the the real woman behind Ebony? Which one are you talking about? I would love to talk about the real woman, but I will leave it (laughs) up to you. (laughs) I would love Um, to talk about the real woman. Okay, so there is a very real woman behind the character Ebony. But um, a lot of times, and and I'll I'll tell you, when I first wrote Hushmani, I used to get this question a lot. Um, People would say, you know, 
why was the book fictionalized, inspired by true events? Why not just write it as a nonfiction memoir, for example? Mm-hmm. And so let me just uh, shed a little bit of light on that. The title of the book tells you what the book is about. It tells you that there was some hush money exchanged. And companies don't pay hush money unless they have something to hide. So if a company pays an employee hush money, it's because they want to buy their silence, but they're not going to give you that big hush money payment until they have gotten a way to guarantee your silence. Okay. And with that, they're going to have you sign a confidentiality or a non-disclosure agreement. Right. Right. So, If Ebony were to write this as a nonfiction book and as a memoir, she would put herself in legal harm's way, okay? But here's the thing, though. The real Ebony, she was very smart. Mm. And after everything they put her through, she took their huge hush money payment, okay? Mm -hmm. And she signed that agreement, okay? But then she still found a way to Mm -hmm. tell the world what happened to her. Mm -hmm. And that was why the book had to be written the way that it was. But anybody who picks up hush money can tell. This is a real woman's story. There is a real woman behind what happened to this woman in this book. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, I read it. I knew that it was someone. I, yes. I, I didn't feel, I mean, it was too much that I, that one resonated, uh, yes. two, that I felt every time I turned the page. So I knew it was a real encounter. I knew it was someone's true life lived experience. Yes. Um, and, and we know that we have it in various degrees today. You know, mm-hmm. what Ebony experienced you know, in that um, nonprofit environment is what we experience, as I shared, in various degrees today. And for mm-hmm. me, you know, it, for me, when I, this being grounded work life has always been built around, you know, forward thinking, positive thinking, not really allowing ourselves to just to say, okay, I give up, uh, you know, there's, there's, woe is me, and I can't do this anymore. I, I come to this uh, being brought at work live, focused intentionally around instrumenting women, black and brown women, giving them the tools and the methodology so they can be successful, so they could be, you know, the ebony eventually, right, that overcomes, figures out a way to overcome, fight back, right? Yes. Or if it's to that extreme, or if it's similar to my experience, how to still achieve the career goals that I set out to achieve uh, in spite of that and still be me, you know, mm-hmm. natural hair, dark, all of that, right. And still be right. totally, fully authentic me, which mm-hmm. is why Jackie, when I read your book, when I met you online on LinkedIn and, and, and did some other research, it was just so important for me to have you on because, you know, I, I don't shy away from what I know exists systemically. We can't, right. As you yes. said in your, as you said in your bio, you know, that's why these books are so important for employers, because you can't fight something that you can't see. That's right. right. And so that's I want right. to bring it to the light. 
you know, mm-hmm. in order to make sure that we do eradicate this someday, right? And Absolutely. we can't do that unless we bring it to the light. Now, you know what's interesting, if I might just um, digress for just a minute. Um, there's a different dynamic going on in the workplace, you know, versus the community. So mm. in the community, for example, um, back in the day, let's go back, you know, many, many decades. Back in the day when, you know, racists would target our people in the community, you know, whether they were jogging, shopping, whatever, ringing doorbells, whatever, okay, at least decades ago, they would hide their shame with those doggone, you know, hoods and covers, okay? At least they were trying to show that there was some part of them that didn't want to be noticed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now in modern day, that is not the case in the community. They are doing it right. I mean, in the open, they want to garner success and fame and fortune from going out and shooting black people. Okay. You know, harming black people. And they're not even trying to cover up their identity. They want it known. Okay. So that dynamic to me is very interesting in the community. They want to be seen. They want you to know what they're doing. They want that news uh, coverage, okay? But in the workplace, yeah, not the case. Not the The case. The workplace, it's the exact opposite. Right. They are working on a very covert level. Right. It's hidden. It's harder to prove. And they're working together. Yeah. So you've, you've got everybody working together quietly under the surface where right. you can't see it. And those that see it going on around you can't tell. They can't identify it. Right. So exactly. the reason Hashimani has become uh, the success that it has is because it's really a roadmap, uh, a survival guide that teaches our people how to fight back on that same covert hidden level, okay? So that as you're fighting back, it's very hard for your bosses and your leaders around you Mm -hmm. to understand what you're doing. They can't see what you're doing until it's too late. Yeah. By the time they realize it, it's too late. Yeah. So, So if we could... Um, I'd like to kind of move into exactly that, right? And, and if you don't mind, I'd like to look at it in two ways, because what I also love that what Hush Money has done and, and what you do is not only are you out here gracing people like myself, but podcasts, so we're speaking to individuals, but you also um, are highly sought after to walk into corporations, companies, and speak to their employee resource groups or various things, right, and provide yes enlightenment there. So if you would, Jackie, if we could take a look at two two approaches. One, if if it's an individual like Ebony and, and yes. they're, you know, they're experiencing this extreme, just horrific treatment being targeted. If you had to give that person that's listening in right now, I don't know, three to five things to make sure they do so that they can either keep their job as Ebony did or successfully you know, walk away. Um, okay. If you could give those, and then I would love for you to flip the script and then talk to those people who are in leadership positions yes. who, you know, drive this, what they should do as well. So go right okay. ahead. 
Absolutely. So let's take a look at this from an employee lens, okay? So the very, very first thing, and I, I say this every time someone asks me, is you really need to get hush money, okay? Mm-hmm. How one woman proved systemic racism in her workplace and kept her job and the sequel. Because inside of those books, it's going to lay out a strategy. Yeah. And I call it creating weapons of war, okay? So you're going to be building an arsenal of weapons that you can use to start fighting back. Now, it doesn't matter where you are in your career. You could be a new employee or you could be an employee that's seasoned and has been there for years. But as of right now, there are certain things that you should be doing, okay? You always want to hope for the best. But you want to plan and prepare for the worst, okay? Right. And so the way that you do that is by, number one, you go into this organization and you collect immediately, right off the top, the documents that you know you're going to need if things should go bad, okay? Mm -hmm. You're going to need their anti-discrimination policy because it is very interesting to me how many um, organizations create these cookie cutter uh, anti-discrimination policies that they really have no intention of uh, following. Mm. And so it's always nice. It's a very good piece of evidence to have that so that when they start targeting you, you can tell them, well, not only are you not following federal and state regulations that say you cannot discriminate against me because I'm black, but you're not even following your own policy. Mm, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you want to collect that. You want to collect that job description. Most people, when they come to me asking for help, I'll say, let me see your job description. Oh, I can't find it. I don't have it. And now they won't give it to me. So you want to collect that job description immediately. You don't want to leave this evidence that you're now creating stored on the company computer, okay? You want to use an off-site storage facility. So uh, an online storage facility like uh, Dropbox is a great one. It's free. You can organize your documents, uh, Google Drives, OneDrive, but you want to collect your evidence and get it off of your company computer. You want to put it someplace safe. And these online storage uh, facilities uh, online are great for that. Yeah. And one thing I want to add to what you're just saying, Jackie, just so Mm -hmm. the audience understands, because your job description, there's nothing private about that. I mean, you were given that, um, you know, in the beginning when you, you know, accepted your job. So don't think it's a document that you shouldn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. The um, discrimination policy, not something that you shouldn't have. Right. So. These are things that Jackie's mentioning. I want everybody to understand they're not confidential documents that you as an employee shouldn't have. So don't feel that way. We had somebody right here. Class warfare is real. Racism is one of the weapons that is used and we need defenses against covert racism. So we have Veronica who's joining us. Yes, she's joining us on YouTube and she just put it that comment. Thank you, Veronica. Go ahead, Jackie. Absolutely. So these are things that you're going to be putting in your arsenal. The next thing that you want to do is you want to weaponize email. Email is one of the most powerful weapons that you're going to have in your arsenal. 
you know, so many times when we start these jobs or we get promoted, things are going great in the beginning and we're getting a lot of verbal compliments. You know, people are telling us verbally that we're doing a great job. But when a racist targets you, and then they partner with HR and they're partnering with other people and they're promising somebody on your team, one of your employees, your job, okay? The first thing that they do is they paint you out as an incompetent employee. Now, you want to have email weaponized so that as you're getting all of those verbal compliments, it's not just their word against yours because all you have is a bunch of verbal compliments. You want to take that verbal compliment as soon as it's given to you, run back to your desk, open up an email and say, thank you in the subject line. And then say, you know, Linda, thank you for the compliment you gave me a few minutes ago when we were walking in the hall about the presentation I did on whatever it was. I appreciate you. Why is that important? Because now you've got a piece of tangible evidence that says on yes. this date, yes. at this time, I was doing a good job. And if you keep this kind of tangible evidence, turning those verbal kudos in something tangible over an extended period of time, it is a powerful yes. picture that is painted Love to that. show yep. you were doing a great job, okay? Yeah. You want to also keep a daily log, okay? So a daily log is something simple. Now, my girls, you know, my girls are, what, 30-something, 30, 30 32, and 35 now, somewhere around those ages. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they said, Mom, you know, we don't have time to do a daily log. So I said, okay, whenever something happens, okay, so your boss comes into your office and catches you off guard and now is getting into this intense conversation where you know this yeah. is evidence that you need. As soon as they leave, you open up your little smartphone, use the little microphone and type yourself a personal email to your mm -hmm. Gmail that says what happened, who was there, what they said, all of the details and you just that to your personal Gmail. Sure. And if yeah. you do that consistently, everything is date and time date stamped. And time. So when it's ready yep. for us to fight, okay, all we have to do is go to your Gmail and everything's already laid out in chronological order. So that is powerful. Yeah, good, good, good advice. Mm -hmm. The next thing you want to do is you want to research whether or not you are in what's called a one-party consent state, okay? Mm. One-party consent states are a powerful weapon because in those kind of states, federal law actually allows you to secretly record conversations with your boss yep. as long as you are a party to them without them knowing. Mm -hmm. And that recorded conversation is a powerful piece of evidence. Now, you can do this if you know ahead of time that you're going to have a meeting. Sure. But like I said, you're not always going to know because in right. my case, my boss would catch me in the hallway. You know, they would walk into my office and just close the door. And then we get into this heated conversation. Right. So that's where these two things work together. You've got your daily log or the, the emails mm -hmm. you're sending yourself as things are happening. And you've got the recordings that are date and time stamped. Okay. Right. And um, it looks like we have a question. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. You want to save text messages. Let me just tell you, I just helped an employee get a $150,000 settlement with no attorney, okay? No Mm -hmm. attorney at all in less than five months, okay? And the reason we were able to do that is because she had a combination of emails. She had text messages and the things that this boss was putting in text messages, I was like, wow, this person, okay? Because it was gold, it was gold. And on top of that, Skype messages, you know, DMs, Anything in writing between you and that boss is gold. It is powerful. And Veronica, I would say anything in writing, period. It doesn't necessarily have to be from your boss. So keep in mind, as Mm -hmm. Jackie said, there's other people that play into this. So that's an excellent question, Veronica. Yes, Mm -hmm. MS Teams, screenshot it, download it, print it. You can copy and you know how you can do anything in MS Teams, Mm -hmm. DMs. Anything in writing from anyone that's, you know, feeding into the targeting activity that you're experiencing. Absolutely. And you want to make sure absolutely every source. Okay. So don't just have tunnel vision. Everyone that's around you. Kudos. And when the negative stuff starts. Yes. This is the other piece of weaponizing email. And this is where people struggle. You know, they they're afraid to send those tough emails, having those uncomfortable conversations. And this is what I tell them. Okay. Obviously this is not as important to you as you're saying it is because these people are setting you up. You know, this person has made this comment to you that's saying, I'll just use the example I gave last time that nobody wants to work with you because you're too emotional or you're too loud, which are all black women stereotypes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you are afraid to send them an email confirming what they said, okay? So you have to ask yourself, do I want to fight or do I not want to fight? But if I want to get out of this with either my job or a settlement, then I've got to attack the comfortable piece. So what you do is you open up an email to your boss, you put in the subject, you know, recap of our meeting, and you say, dear Joan, you know, during our meeting in your office a few minutes ago, you said, no one wants to work with me because I'm an emotional Black woman who's too loud. Can you shed some light on that? Well, when your boss, Joan, gets that email, she's going to call you and say, you know, come on into my office because she don't want to put nothing in writing, okay? Right. But now you've got this tangible piece of evidence that shows on this date, at this time, this is what she said to you. And so she'll call you in her office and she'll say whatever she wants to. And then you go back to your office and you say, thank you for meeting with me per the conversation we just had in your office. And then you keep that trail because that type of evidence is golden. Yes, it is. Voicemails. Voicemails are golden. Yes. Okay. So. As your boss is giving you all these duties that are outside of your job description because they're piling the work on your back so high so that you break down, all of that is golden. So voicemails telling you to do extra things that are way outside of your job description and they're putting it in a voicemail, you save those and you start putting all of these things 
in this offsite storage. That's what my book shows you how to do. It, it really breaks down the strategy, but it goes so much further. It does. So much does. further. And I want to, if I could, Jackie, I want to make this statement because, you know, I, we don't want to dismiss the fact that what Jackie's sharing with you, these are not easy things to do. And not everyone has the level of fortitude, confidence to write that recapping email after having a, a courageous conversation or a difficult or a challenging conversation. And Jackie and I both recognize that. But I think what Jackie, the point she made is so critical. And I don't want to just you, she said it, and I don't want to just gloss over it. You've going to have to decide how much of this you want to deal with or, or handle. You have to decide. And I think that is the issue, right? When you get back and you're sitting in your office and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't type this email. Think about that decision not yes. to do that, right? Because you want to make sure that you don't give your power away. You mm -hmm. don't, yes. They, yes. they count on you getting disoriented. And absolutely, Veronica, you don't yes. want to give your power away. And so although these things are not easy to do, I, I implore you, maybe if you have an, uh, you know, someone you can trust in your village outside of your workplace, you know, take a walk, call them on the phone, get that lift mm -hmm. you need or something to go type that email. But you don't want to totally give your, your power away. And Jackie, before um, before we run out of time here, because we've gotten yeah. a little bit over, I, mm -hmm. I want to make sure we flip the script <laughs> and talk about what these leaders can do, you know, okay. if they have the power in the organization to shift things. But see, this is so good. And I know, Veronica, I know you're loving it. And I really appreciate uh, your comments in the section. And some of you that are listening, they're not so brave to write your comments, understand. You know, mm -hmm. you can reach out to Jackie one-on-one -on -one and connect with her and, and get the support you need. So Jackie, let, let's talk to some leaders now or some, you know, uh, companies out here on how they can, you know, turn this situation around, eradicate this racism in the workplace now that they can see it. You know, we're, we're putting it in the light, right? Okay. So, yeah. And so, you know, just real quick on the other topic, Hush Money goes into so many other strategies that all work together to help you fight back, and they are powerful. Now, on the employer side, what you need to do also is get Hush Money, how one woman proved systemic racism in her workplace and kept her job, because that's going to open your eyes to how the racists in your organization that you don't know are racist are operating mm. on a hidden level. So some of the things that you can do is at the end of your quarterly periods, okay, when your employees are getting their, you know, quarterly or six month uh, performance evaluations, have your employees evaluate their bosses. So that is the number one thing that you want to do. Give employees an opportunity to do yes. a performance review on their bosses. And you are going to find out so many things that you didn't know. Like, for example, how come me and Susie have the same job descriptions, but all of this extra work is put on my back? Mm. Well, this is what my job description says I'm supposed to be doing, but these are all of the extra things that are on top of that that she's not having to do. She's leaving every day on time. I'm staying, working through my lunches, working after work, working on the weekends, working on holidays mm -hmm. because I've got a heavier workload. 
So that's what employers need to do. They need to allow their employees to do performance reviews at the same time that their bosses are doing performance reviews on them. I like that. Okay, so then they're going to see, okay, this is going to help you identify what I call the black workhorse, okay, Mm -hmm. because you're going to see a very clear picture of this is what this person's supposed to be doing, but these are all of the extra duties that the boss is supposed to be doing, okay, but the boss wants to leave early, so she's piling it on this black employee's back, okay, Yeah. so that's going to help them identify that. There's another type of covert racism, which is called being set up to fail, okay? So you need, as an employer, to have some sense of what these people are supposed to be training their employees on and what their employees are actually getting trained on, okay? Mm -hmm. So at the end of their onboarding period or their training period in this new promotion, there should be a checklist that says, I was trained on this and this and this, because then if the boss, now you're in your job and they start trying to say you're making all these errors, well, the ownership then shifts to, but you trained them and, you know, this is what you said and you marked it off. So did you give me the wrong information? Because we both signed off on this. Okay. So it's going to give the employer a sense of, okay, is everybody being trained the same way. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. If an employee is having an issue with their equipment, because that's another way that covert racism works, you've got two people in the same position. Okay. But this person has equipment that is state of the art. And this black person has equipment that is older than dirt. Okay. So found in an archeological dig somewhere and They're both trying to do the same amount of work, but this person can't keep up because their equipment is subpar. You know, this is where these performance reviews on their bosses will really identify what's going on. So those are just a few examples. I absolutely love it, Jackie. That's why for me, it's so important. And, and as we close this, session and I, I I know what's going to happen. I'm gonna get a lot so of fast. <laughs> they go fast. I'm gonna get a lot of comments, a lot of feedback. I'm gonna to have to have you back again, I'm sure later in the year, uh, <laughs> or when part three comes out. But I just really want to highlight these two books. This is the first one, How Hush Money, How One Woman Proved Systemic, yeah, proved systemic mm-hmm. racism in a workplace and kept her job. You, ha- I mean, you have to get these. As Jackie said, they are roadmaps. Uh, they're page turners. You won't be able to put them down. I couldn't put them down. I went right from one to the other, uh, and I still, I'm, I'm traveling. I'm not. You, those of you that follow me don't, don't recognize the background, right? Because I'm not at home. But you see, the books are with me because <laughs> I had some <laughs> things I wanted to make sure that I noted and, um, and and put my little tabs in. Uh, they're roadmaps. They're they're excellent tools uh, for you if you're dealing with some of these challenges similar to Ebony and the story, mm-hmm. or not so much, but at various degrees and levels, because we know racism shows up in various degrees. Or yes. if you're an employer and you have a hunch or you want to do the right thing, you know, up front and be mm-hmm. intentional about it, those that book will give you the roadmap for sure. You know, for those of you that are listening live, 
uh, please go back uh, to the April 1st and catch that part one with Jackie. So many nuggets in part one, definite valuable nuggets here in part two. But I know Jackie, as you said, as you heard her say, she's already helped several other people who were struggling, who were experiencing what the character in this book experienced that's based on a real story, a real life Mm -hmm. event. You know, so reach out to Jackie. Uh, Oh, please. please. I'm on LinkedIn. I practically live there. So if you reach out to me on LinkedIn, you're guaranteed to get a response. And so many employees reach out to me and get my help. Hushmani will teach you how to write an ironclad discrimination complaint because there are certain key words that you have to build into that complaint. Hushmani will show you how to do that. Hushmani will show you how to weaponize medical leave. So many people make the mistake of not creating a wall of protection when they go on medical leave. Hushmani will teach you who to send that ironclad discrimination complaint to. And it's not the HR person who's in cahoots with the racist down here. You're going to jump all the way over their head to the CEO, the board of directors, the parent company, and everybody's going to know what's going on. Exactly. Hushmani tells you, go with the state route. Most people go the EEOC route, but go the state route. It is a great option. They have a civil rights division office at the state level. So these are all things that you're going to learn in Hushmani. It really goes into a lot of detail, really helps you put together this arsenal that you can use to protect your job and not walk away empty-handed. Absolutely. And that's deal with the, the devil key. you know. Deal with the devil you know. And that's the key. Because you are worth it. You deserve your career that you've did all the hard work to yeah. acquire. So that so reach out to Jackie on LinkedIn. She'd be more yes. than happy to help you. And definitely go out to Amazon, purchase those books. When you're done reading them, put your comments out there of how much it made a difference for you, was positively impactful for you, because we want to keep this type of information in the forefront. So that's why we need, that's why, Jackie, I'm so honored that you were a guest of mine. As I said, I wanted to bring this to the light, and I definitely wanted to be one of the vehicles that make sure everyone knew about Hush Money. Jackie, I can't express enough how much I appreciate you and your time. And you. um, And again, if you need her assistance, LinkedIn is the best platform to connect with her. Yes. Okay. So thanks, Veronica, for being one of the brave ones that commented live. I know there's several other people watching, but Mm -hmm. Veronica can't express how much I appreciate your feedback, your comments in this section. And I'm hoping for you that if you're dealing with anything, Veronica, that you're able to positively get on the other side of it. If I can be of assistance, but most importantly, if Jackie can, please feel free to reach out to her. All right, everyone. Until next time. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.